Well, it's nice to be here. Happy New Year to you all. Have you had a good New Year? Good presents? Poor but happy? Or just poor? Well, I, did, I, I just thought I would put on my new trousers this morning. These are my bargain treasures from Ted Baker. Not bought by me, but by my son. He tries to keep me quite trendy, you know what I mean? But there we go. Not that I want to boast about it all, you know, but there we go. So we've had a good, good new year, um, and uh, we're going down to see our oldest son. Pray, pray for them, Alan and Jan, and our grandson, Rowan. They're going back to Mozambique uh, on the 14th. Um, so to work with uh, Iris up there in Pemba. So pray for them that everything will go well. There's still dodgy bits about the place up there with Al-Shabaab and everything else. So pray for them for protection, um, that God will, that will go well. So we're going down to see them um, after, after this. I'm going down to see the family, so pray for them. Well, this morning, um, good stuff already, eh? Good stuff. You know, God is speaking to us. And I, I want to share this morning about open doors of opportunity for 2020. Is that okay? Yeah. Open doors. I've just felt that God is going to open a lot more doors of opportunity. And that means, as Mark and others have said, that you've got to do something about it. You've got to go through the door because there's something there that's going to be involved. In. So that's what I want to share. Thanks, if Olive knows me quite well. I would like to kick it over. Um, if you've got a Bible, turn to Revelation chapter 3, and we'll, we'll base things a wee bit on the church in Philadelphia. And it's from verse 7 of Revelation chapter, chapter 3. Um, it says there, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David, what he opens, no man can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the New Jerusalem which is coming down, coming down from heaven, from my God. And I will also write on him my new name. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, that's a good, that's a really good um, word from, from the Apostle John there. You know, because Philadelphia, Philadelphia was um, the gateway to the east. It was, it was called Little Athens. It was a a strategic place. It was a very significant place with so much going on. Some things weren't good. Some, some, some things were good. But the, but the church was situated in a place of tremendous opportunity. And here we are in Cambridge. You would say it was a place of opportunity. 
Hello? Yeah? Yeah? And where you come from, whatever town you're from, we are living in a day when there, there are opportunities. But they're not in the way that you expect. Because I believe when God opens doors of opportunities, he will surprise us in how he, how he operates. It doesn't work to my formula. I tried for years to give God, God advice on his will for my life. You understand? <laughs> I really did. I thought, I, I, you know, I really did. And I, I felt I had a good plan. But, you know, he just, he just said, rubbish. You know, that's, well, not, he didn't say that, but I knew he didn't. When he, when he doesn't say a thing, you know it's rubbish. You know, idea. And when you look back, that's the way it was. And, and because of the, their perseverance and obedience to God's commands, a door of opportunity would open to them, these folks there in Philadelphia. And, you know, Jesus gave them three wonderful and encouraging promises. In verse 9, he says, he would take care of their enemies. That's a good start, eh? And quite simply, that, that means we win. We're not going to victory, we're coming from victory. So let's get a hold of that fact this year as you go through your door. We win. And that's a good thing. Also in verse 10, it says he would keep them from the great time of testing, tribulation. And so that is a good thing. We are safe. I find that quite encouraging, that we are safe uh, in the arms of Jesus, in a sense. He is with us, and he is, he's, he's helping us. And the third thing was, God would honor them, it says in verse 12. He would honor them. And so we are blessed. So being a Christian uh, in Philadelphia, he is saying, you know, that, you're, you're, that, that you, you've won, that you're going to be safe, and you're going to be blessed. And I find that a really good start to, to being involved in any situation. Because in this chapter here, it says there are pillars in the church. It says his pillars are faithful people who bear the name of his glory. There are pillars in the church. Pillars everywhere. Pillars. And that's important because the, the idea of pillars points to a sure and fixed position, upholding and supporting the kingdom purposes of God. We are the pillars, folks. Hello, yeah. we are the pillars. You know, and that's so, in, so important. James was a pillar, Peter, John, they were all pillars. And that emblem is a wonderful thing that, that it shows the wonder of it all. And so I'm thinking of, of all that was happening in, in Philadelphia and what God had said to them, and they had that door of opportunity God was going to open a door that no one was going to shut. You know, that is the key factor. When the door opens, nothing's going to shut it. And that's so important. And in thinking of that, I was reminded actually of the, the nation of Israel when they were entering the promised land, you know? Do you remember in Numbers 13, 12 men went to spy in Canaan? Ten were bad, two were good. Remember that chorus? You're too young for that. Do you remember that one? Ten were bad, two were good. It's a great, there's a great song, that. I won't sing it to you because that may, I may lose my audience. But you know, the, you know the idea. They went into that particular place. And the promised land was the land of opportunity for them. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was the place to be. It was absolutely superb to where, to where they were going. Um, and you know, the promised land was there. And there were two responses. Ten saw giants, two saw grapes. Isn't that so like us today when God speaks to us? Do we see the grapes or do we see the giants? And I think that's a big lesson. When the door of opportunity opens for each one of us, are we going to respond and say, there are huge big giants there. 
and we're not going to overcome them. But there's loads of fruit there, clusters of grape, you know. And, you know, wherever, wherever there are giants, there's a heck of a lot more grapes. Because I think that's very, very important to understand. And, you know, Philadelphia was grape country. And I believe that this town that we're all part of, this county that we're part of, folks, we know it's tough at times, right? But this is grape country. Wherever God calls us, wherever God puts us, there is fruit there for us to pick. And that's so important. And it will not be in the way you expect it to pick it. I've, I've tried that. I, I have formulas. It, did, it hasn't worked out. My formulas are rubbish. God's formulas are so much better because he organizes things. So that's what it is. So when I think of this, it looks appealing. And you know, when I look back now, I felt God saying to me, you know, that's an, op- that's an open door. God's opened that door for me. You know, and I really went for that. And it wasn't an open door. I don't know whether I ever shared this story, but this is when humility, this is when I don't want you, I still want you to like me after this. Okay? Because I'm just saying, I'm saying that, before I say that, let me tell you this. The door that God opens will never contradict his word. Never forget that fact. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And his word, as I said in Hebrews, is, is quick and sh- It's alive. It's so blooming alive. There was one time when God really spoke to me, it was like being punched in the face. Because I wasn't moving. A door had opened up. And um, I read the story about Saul and David. And Saul disobeyed God, and he put David in his place. Great story. And sitting at one Sunday morning in Hamilton in Scotland, God is in Scotland too, you know, um, and uh, God came down in, in, into this, this house of, that we lived in, and he said to me, if you don't get a move on, I'll put somebody else in your place. Now, God speaks like that, by the way. Otherwise, get off your, I won't go into these words, but you know what I mean, get up and go. And that was that morning I said to Eileen, I feel this is what God has said to me this morning, and she said, well, go and tell the leaders, typical wife, go and do something about it. Go and tell me. And, and, and I went down and told my leaders what I felt God was saying, and that door opened up then, and that was when I was the age of 30. And I'm so glad that door opened up, and I, I went through that open door. But I knew it was based in the Word of God. I knew that God had spoken to me. The Word of God had come alive. It was, it was so real, and I still remember it yet. It was so, so important, and, and that's so important. The door that God opens will never contradict his word. The door that God opens also will be accompanied by confirmation, okay? This is when we need each other. Don't go and do it on your own. Get, get, you, you, we've all got friends and, 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 and who can help us and speak to you about things, um, who, who you trust and who are spiritual people. And before you ever go through an open door, check it out. Check it out. That, that, that's so important. That's why, you know, all through the years, I can look back now, over a long time, I've got a cousin and his wife who are now in their mid-90s now, and they're still alive. Uh, and they live down with a family in Reading, and I would, we would never do anything unless we, we said it to them. And others as well. That's so, so important that we get confirmation. Don't go, and, don't go and, uh, as a lone ranger. And the third thing is this, 
The door God opens will require you to depend on him. That's so important. Without faith, it says, it is impossible to please God. And I found that really helpful. So discerning an open door is very important before you go through that door. And I, I'll go back to my faux pas now. And um, I remember when we, we had taken teams to Italy for about eight years, taking teams over there to all the major cities all over Italy for eight years. Um, and I loved Italy. I loved it. Um, and really went there. It was great. The, the piazzas were great for open airs. You could really go for it there. And, and literally distribution. We went in holy year when millions came to Rome and they gave a quarter of a million leaflets in five languages. It was great fun. And I felt God calling me to Italy. God needs Bob Kilpatrick. Do I hear an amen there? No. <laughs> and I remember saying to Eileen, um, I feel God's calling me to go, to, I feel God's calling us, us to go to Italy. And is that what I said to you? Um, and there was silence. <laughs> Women's silence is a whole paragraph, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and when I, and, but I felt it was right. I felt this, that was it. And I went to speak to other people and, and showed them all about this. And, 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 and like a bull in a china shop, I booked in to, Peru, the, to University of Perugia to learn the Italian language in three months. That's true. And um, everything I saw about Italy, that was a sign. If I saw a car, an Italian car with it, that's a sign, you know. <laughs> this, this, I'm, I'm being honest here. This is for how not to do it. But I've, and I even spoke to some friends who were trusting, well, Bob, uh, oh, I really think it's right. Oh, I do, you know, and I really went for it. Got a cheap ticket to Rome, 40 pounds return. That's a, that's a sign. And so I left Eileen and the three boys at the center that we worked in in Motherwell for three months. I didn't mean to tell the story, but I'll tell it anyway. But I hope it's to help you to understand about when you go through an open door. Um, so I went, flew out to Rome, met some missionary friends there, and then I, I, I went by train to Perugia um, and got my accommodation, which was great, put my cases down. I knew I shouldn't be there. It was, I, I'm, that's how it was. I, I put my case, I, said, I, I could see it yet. Um, and I said, I'm not going home. I'm a leader. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an evangelist. I don't make mistakes. <laughs> and so I spent, I went for the first week to the University of Perugia. And uh, with 200 other people from all over the world, we're all in one big room, and we were learning Italian, you know. Questa una sedia, questa una tavola. And, and we're on the whole week. And, you know, I, I'd taken an O-level in Italian, by the way. Be impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one in English as well, by the way. So I don't <laughs> um, and I don't use it, no, I don't use it, no. <laughs> Oh, boy, I love a heckling front row. It's great. <laughs> and I, I, I suffered it for a whole week. And I realized I've got to go home. So I, I, I went down to Rome 
got a flight back to England, and I was going to go home to, to the center and hide. But I couldn't go home because Eileen was away with a hundred other young folks doing evangelism in Cumbernauld. And she was there to cook for them. So I couldn't go home. I had to go where Eileen was. And where the boys were. And I went to this particular place and, and they, were, they were doing the whole of Cumbernauld. And it's a new town near Glasgow. A great opportunity of evangelism. And, and all these young folks whom I knew so well, they, you know, they said to me, what are you doing here, Bob? What are you doing here? You know, you should be in Italy. What and everybody came, what are you doing here, Bob? You know, can you imagine as a leader of, of these young people how I felt? And do you know what I did? And it's a lesson I've learned. I said, listen, guys and gals, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. And you know, I was honest with them. I blew it. Um, big time, God had to take me out there because I'm a stubborn kind of character. You know, God let me, in a sense, nearly hang myself, in a sense, you know, to, to get to make the point. And it was right for me. But none of these young people, when, when I went back, they, they, their respect for me rose. Because they realized that when you're a Christian, there are times when you're going to get it wrong. And I want to encourage you in that fact that, that I'm still going strong, making mistakes. Failure is never final. It never is. You know, it's never final. If you make a mistake, God just gives you a wee clip over the ear and says, don't do it again, no, off you go. God, God is a loving God, but he's, he's a God, he's a father. When I, with my three boys, I had to discipline them regularly with reasonably, I won't go into it. But the point is this, but you understand what I'm saying there. Yeah. We make mistakes, so that's what it's all about, discerning an open door. So what are the blessings of open doors of opportunity? But open doors, first of all, have, quite simply, a ripple effect. When you go through an open door, you're going into something that will just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, because, you know, a ripple continues and spreads, doesn't it? And when you go through the open door that God has for you, it will, it will, it will absolutely spread. Because Acts 1.8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that, to me, is, is a wonderful picture of what, when you go through your open door, God will come. But as you go through the open door, be yourself. Be yourself. There are a lot of Christians who, who try to look spiritual or try to be like somebody else. Uh, be yourself. Because God created you in a unique way. There's only one of you. Hallelujah for that. And one, one of me. But the point is this, that we are unique only one of each, each one of us. And you know, when I look back now, God has, a, has wonderful blessings there. God will have a ripple effect in families. Um, you know, when I look back at that, it, it's, it's great to see how God has affected families. Um, God will, will have a, a ripple effect in the gifts he gives you. This is what I love about this. When I was in my 20s, I had, a, I had low self-esteem big time. Um, because I was flattened by, I worked in department stores for many years, and, and the people that, that ran the stores were my cousins, they were the directors, and they kept me down. And I didn't feel I had anything to give. I had that for maybe 10 years. And, and you know, that really challenged me that when we got married and we went to Hamilton, we ended up with 100 young folks in our youth group 
How did that happen, folks? Are we that clever? No. It's because God wanted us there and he would make us look good. He will. He'll make us look good. The point is this. The gifts God given you is, is the gifts that are, are, are the gifts that God has given you are the gifts that will, be, that will bear much fruit. You know, I am not the greatest Bible teacher. And don't say amen to that. But the point is this. Um, you know what I mean by that? Be yourself. And you will draw people to you. Draw people to you in a variety of ways. Um, also, there will be a ripple effect in your finances. I remember one time, we, we, we were evangelists, uh, and, and take, as I said, taking teams, and, and we've been doing that most of our life in different ways. Um, remember, we went to Salerno in the south of Naples with a team. Um, it was the most, it was, a, it was a dump. It really was. Naples was nice. Um, but, but Salerno was a, an area that needed Jesus Christ. And there was an abattoir that went through the middle of it all. And the aroma was awesome. And so we took a team there to help the churches there. And the first two weeks we had a team, and then they went home, and then there was another two weeks with, with teams. But, but at the end of the first two weeks, we realized that Eileen and I, that we had no money left to get back home. Um, we'd run out of cash. And, and we thought, how is the minibus going to get back home again? And we prayed about it, which you do, don't you? When you get to that point, how can you get from Salerno back to Glasgow? That's a long way. Um, and you know, the second team came out and arrived there. And one of the young people says, Bob, I've got an envelope for you from somebody. That's for you. And it was a big load of cash to get us home. Now, that's God, folks. In the open door scenario, whatever you need financially will take place, will happen. And that's so important. So open doors will have that ripple effect. I had a lovely encouragement a, few weeks, a couple of weeks ago. We were back down in, in, in Blandford where we worked for 26 years. Um, and I met a couple I hadn't seen for a long, long time. They were one of the first couples that we led to the Lord down there. They, we, we met them. They were in difficulties many years ago. Met them in their home. And we knelt down in their in their lounge, and we led them to Jesus Christ together. Now, you can't beat that, folks. There's no greater joy than leading folk to Jesus Christ. Um, and they moved on to become leaders, and then was very involved with young people all over the area. Uh, he opened up a coffee area for young people, was involved in the, in the upper school there. And for years, he's been doing this. And I haven't seen them for years. So I met them in the co-op in Blandford. met them in the co-op just two weeks ago. And, and um, it, was, it was great. And... It was, it was just lovely to see them again, and they were, they were looking fantastic. And he said, Bob, do you realize that I've just been uh, given an MBE? I thought, have you? And, you know, it was lovely that. Because of what he had done there for Jesus, he was honored by people who, who actually recommended him for an MBE. And I thought, go for it, Ken. Go for it there. And I thought, he that honors me, I will honor in, in a variety of different ways. And to me, that's so important that God will bless you there. So open doors are also faith steps. You know, true, true biblical faith is not an emotional kind of wishful thinking. It's an inner conviction based on the Word of God. So when the Holy Spirit gives us faith through the Word, the very presence of that faith in our hearts is all the assurance and evidence we need. So powerful. I read a quote by Oswald Sanders. He said this, 
Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as the present and the invisible as seen. See that again? That's a great quote, that. Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as the present and the invisible as seen. That's faith. Wonderful, that. I love that. Um, and just to go back to an example on, on this from our faith step, when we moved from Scotland to the south of England, we went abroad as missionaries. Yes. <laughs> you understand that? Yes. And we, were, we went to a little church of 30 people. We were the first pastors. Hadn't a clue what it was like. We felt it was right. It was a faith step to go there. And this was back in 1980. And, you know, we got there, and we met many Christians, and, and, and some of them said, oh, you know, Bob, you know, there's, there's a cloud over Blandford. There's a spiritual cloud over Blandford. I felt, that's really encouraging. You know, we, we haven't a clue where we are. And sometimes, please be encouraging to folks. Don't talk like that to them. Because that, that, that's negative. But they said that. And these, these were leaders from Bournemouth and Poole that we had met. There's a cloud over Blanford. Many folk have tried in, in Blanford, Bob, to, to evangelize. There's a cloud over Blanford. <laughs> so I said, thanks so much for that word. Um, but to look back now, I give God thanks that hundreds of folk became Christians and the, and the cloud left. You know, and that to me is the key because when we take a step of faith, and you feel there's a cloud over you sometimes. Listen, folks, if you go through that door that God has called you to go through, the cloud will lift, and there'll be the blue sky, and there'll be the blessing. Let me tell you that right now. That is so important. So open doors are faith steps. Open doors are release also the supernatural. Um, as we say, we see in three, Ephesians 3.20, he does immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. That is important. When you go through the open door and you know it's God that's taking you through the open door, the supernatural will come. It's part of the, it's part of the deal. We look back now and realize we would never be, be here today without that. And I was just encouraged by, we, we helped to help plant a church in Blandford, not in Blandford, in Bournemouth. It's been going for five years. And David and Del Richards, it's Catch the Fire Bournemouth, it's a good church there. And um, I remember I was on, on Facebook Time tour just a, a, a few months ago. Actually, we were on FaceTime with them yesterday, actually. But she says, Bob, do you know what I did last Sunday? Now, now, now um, you know, Adele is wacky. She's a wacky Christian. You understand what I mean by wacky? Um, and she said, you know what I did last? I, I was preaching, Bob, and God told me to mime part of my sermon. I said, did you do it? Yeah, I did it. So I mimed part of my sermon. Can you imagine it? And then after a while, she preached in the normal way. She, she was obedient to God. She felt God had said that to her. And at the end of the service, um, there's a whole group of refugees there who couldn't speak English. Who came up at the, to the end and said to her, listen, you understood everything you mind about Jesus. Is that not cool? That's supernatural, folks. And so sometimes God will call you to do challenging things. Um, and and let's, let's be encouraged by that fact. So be ready for the supernatural. You want to say something, Eileen? Yeah. Open doors create intimacy. That I may know him. That I may know him. That's, that's Philippians 3.10. And... 
And actually, oh, you're ready now, are you? Okay. It's not personal, it, you know, it's not intellectual knowledge, this, folks, is it? it, it it's, it's not intellectual knowledge, it's the certain facts or principles. It, it's a personal experience of, of Jesus, isn't it? Knowing him. And I, we, I, I, love, I love the meet, meeting other Christians, don't you? I, I love to hear testimonies. And a few months ago, I think it was in June, we were over in Ireland, and we were, uh, I was at a conference with Brother Yoon. Have you heard of Brother Yoon? Who read the book, The Heavenly Man? Who, who wrote, no, who read the book? Who wrote the book, The Heavenly Man? And, and he was there, and, and we were sharing there. And I'd never met him before. I said, Well, I, I would love to chat to this guy. Now, he, he, he can't speak a word of English, by the way, but he's got an interpreter all day. He's one of the most radiant guys I have ever met. And there was, if there's anybody that has gone through an open door of intimacy, it's him. Because in one of the chapters of his book, and he shared a bit of this when he was there. He felt it was the will of God to be in prison. How about that? Because in prison, he was able to share many, many things. And I think intimacy is, is very important as we see that, that situation. And to meet that man, and he said, I don't know whether I'll share this with you or not, but he said at one of the sessions that one billion Chinese become Christians every month. One million, is it? One million. One million become Christians every month. How about that? So, folks, open doors are all over the place. One of the key factors is intimacy. This is off the cuff. This is off the cuff because I wasn't going to be sharing because when I start talking, I start to... Is it on? Put it up a bit. As I've been sitting there this morning and listening to the, the prophetic words, the words that people brought, what Mark has said, God began to show me a little picture. So this is really a testimony, my testimony of the past and then looking forward, but it fits into the open doors. And I think it was two, three years ago when we were over in Ireland, there was a pastor called Billy McClay. And as we walked into his church on the Sunday morning, he just stood and he looked at me and he pointed. He says, there's a huge mountain in front of you. I said, is there? He says, do you know what it is? I says, I've no idea. No, I don't know what it is. He says, well, I don't either. He says, but we'll pray. So he prayed and he says, God's going to give you a way around it or a way to cope with it. I don't know. So I says, thank you. Thank you for that word. And it was left at that. And then we were in, in a conference where I'd gone forward for prayer and the lady prayed for me, but she stood at the side of me. And then when she'd finished praying for me, she said, you might find it funny that I didn't stand in front of you and pray for you. But she says, there's a mountain there. And I couldn't. So she stood at the side. And I thought, God, I don't know what this mountain is and I don't know what this is all about. And then I was thinking of the Queen's speech, actually, when she said last year was a bumpy year or there was a few bumps. I said, yeah, there's been a few bumps in the road. But actually, we've seen lots of bumps. We've seen hills. We've seen the mountain last year as we've gone through 2019. We've had the mountain ahead of us and the mountain is still, is still there. But God has shown us ways of coping with it. 
And I was just thinking of you folks sitting here. You know, we're talking about open doors, doors of opportunity, the hope for 2020. And maybe you're sitting in a place where you think, I really don't know what this is about. I really don't know what I'm going to do to get out of where I am, far less move forward into another door. And I thought, God, you took me last year. I felt last year for me was a year of God taking me right back into himself. I didn't feel as if I was involved in anything. And I can remember saying to God, God, I know you're there and I know I'm here. So we're okay. And that was as far as I could go because stuff had happened and stuff had happened in the family and and I thought, I just don't know how we're going to cope with this. And it's still going on, so it's not going away. So we still are here, folks. I'm just standing here to say it's okay. It's okay. God is alive. God is for you. God is with you. And he will take you forward into that. Now, this year, this year, last year, I've got to get used to saying that. Last year, 2019, I started reading the Sacred Journey. It's a song of songs. And just beautiful to read, just beautiful. And God took me into a place with him that I thought, well, I don't really want to come out of here. And I thought, this is just me looking inside. This, I was beginning to feel guilty that I was really enjoying it so much. And I wanted just to stay there. But you know, it just fed me and fed me. It was just beautiful. And as I read it, I began to realize once again who I really, really was in him. And to go over these bumps in the road, to go over the mountains or round the mountains or whatever we have to do, if we have a climb to go, we need to know who we are. We need to know our identity in him. And in Song of Songs, in the second chapter, it's, it's the maiden, and she, let's see if I can get it. She says, I am Rose of Sharon, Lily of the Valley. And as I read that, it just hit me. And I thought, I'm the rose. Folks, you are his rose. You are the Lily of the Valley. I'm his rose. And he loves me so, so much. That is who we are. He's our inheritance. We're his bride. We're his inheritance, actually. We're his bride. We are his rose. And as we lift up our, our, our worship to him, that fragrance rises to him. He smells that and he says, whoa, here it comes again. And it just, and so we get it all back. And he brings his presence back to us. And it's in that presence. We are a presence-based people. We are a presence-based people. But folks, that presence takes us somewhere. We just don't stop there. And that's what I'm beginning to realize as I come out of that year, out of 2019. God has given me a year where he's just taken me right back into himself. But that presence then comes back out. And it's to reach. And as we look forward to 2020, it's into that new year door of opportunity. It's to move forward into what he's got for us. 
no matter the circumstances, no matter what is going on, we move forward with God because we are at rest in him. Because of who we are, we are at rest in him. And I was reading, and it was one of the, it was on Facebook yesterday, it was one of the prophets from Kansas two or three years ago had said, there's going to be, in the 20s, there's going to be a rest in God. And in resting in God, more gets done. Because we're at peace. We're at peace with ourselves. We're at peace with God. We move forward into what he's got for us. And I just felt that worked in with everything that's been said this morning. As we move forward, folks, just know who you are in him. Know who he is. He's the lover of your soul. We're the one who bring him pleasure and joy. Can you, can you get that into your head? Because I find it quite awesome. And I have to sit and think about it. And the more you think about it, the deeper you go in it. We are the one who gives them joy and pleasure. Folks, that's you. That's you. It's us. And it's us as a family. And we're here for each other. And so as we go into 2020 and we have those doors of opportunity, you know, a door takes us somewhere, a door takes us up into something new, into something that maybe we haven't been part of before. We don't have to be fearful and we don't have to worry about it. We just have to go with him and see what happens. Oh, yeah. Now, see, he's a better memory than me. When talking about the rose, this is going back to the rose. I'd read that verse on the, the Friday night and then we were going down to Hemel on, on the Saturday for the weekend. And the couple we were staying with at Hemel we'd never met before. I'd read the verse about being the rose of Sharon and how it just so blessed me. And we were staying with this couple that we didn't know, we hadn't met before. So we went out for a meal with them on the Saturday night. And as we were sitting in this restaurant at the table, she just took my serviette, which happened to be black. Anyway, she took my serviette, and as she was sitting talking, she began to make something. And then she never said a word. She never spoke. She just made this, and she handed it to me. And she'd made a rose. And I looked, and I said, you don't know how significant that is. She says, what do you mean? I says, because I'm God's rose. He told me last night, I'm God's rose. Oh, she says, there's your rose. I says, no. And I thought, well, God, isn't it good? Isn't it good? We have to say yes to him, haven't we? Come on. Okay. One, one more thing and then we'll, we'll, we'll conclude. I'd like us to just to pray together. Um, I think when you look at the open door, open doors are challenging. <laughs> I think you've got to realize that. I, I, just, read la I just read this last night. That was, um, <laughs> and it, it's 1 Corinthians 16, 9. It says, there's, and this was when, when Paul was talking about going to work in Ephesus. He was saying, there's an amazing door of opportunity standing wide open for me to minister here even though there are many who oppose and stand against me. And so he, we've got to realize 
oh, doors of opportunity are not all, all cloud nine and perfect. Wherever we go, there's going to be opposition. That's part of the, that's part of the deal. We are living in a world, we're in the world, but not off the world. And so wherever God takes us, there are going to be challenges of people. Sometimes it will be personality clashes. Sometimes we've got quite a few demonic situations in our family. When two of our boys went, took care of a girl down in Blanford and they, told, they, they, they saw things flying all, all, all over the room. It was a, we should never put them there taking care of these kids. You know what I mean by that fact? We are living in a world that the enemy is want to, wants to really nobilize. But folks, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And that is what it's all about this morning. So it's going to be challenging this year. Whatever door you go through, or doors, who, who knows? God wants to, to bless you in that. And so we'll just be encouraged by that fact that God has got open doors of opportunity for all of us. So keep like, these things in mind that as you, as you go, go into this year that, that there are going, there's going to be that kind of ripple effect. There's going to be that, that fact of faith steps for you. There's going to be that fact of supernatural experiences. There's going to be that important area of intimacy. And there's going to be challenging times as God takes you through the door of opportunity he has called you to go through. So is that okay? Be encouraged that God is with us all the way, in us and for us in that kind of situation. So this morning I thought it would be good to do something together. Uh, I've done it before, but I think it's important, even particularly with this, this uh, first time we've been together. Could we get, stand up? Let's all stand up together, shall we? And could you get into groups of three? Get into groups of three. Don't be shy. You're all going to spend eternity together, so get to know each other. Could you make sure that everybody, everybody, it doesn't have to be three, it could be four, don't worry. A small number will do. A small number will do. Has everybody got some, has everybody got, got friends? And what I would like you to do is, are we all, are we all okay? It would be good if you could just pray for each other, but pray very simple and short prayers, folks. Okay? And, and just pray for each one that God would open doors of opportunity for each one of us. That's as simple as that. Just name who they are and pray. Two of you pray to the one and go around like that. Just keep praying that God would give them vision, would give them revelation of the door that God is calling them to do. Could we do that? Is that okay? So, Father, we thank you for this family. And we pray, Lord, that as we spend time with you now, that your Holy Spirit would be released in Jesus' name. So go for it, folks. <laughs>